Hello and welcome everybody to the Sticks Podcast. This week I am with F1. Hello. Uh, I'm also with the returning Shawnee. Hello. Uh, I am New Gate today, if they make that already clear enough. Uh, George is not with us at the moment, but he could possibly uh, slip in later on if he gets back in time. We're just going to dive straight into the Acme of the Week this week, which is the little master himself, Sashin Tendulkar. Uh, he's the Akamai of the week. Why, you may ask? Because he's choked once again on getting his 100th 100, uh, this time getting out for 94th for the West Indies. What are your thoughts about this? Well, oh. he's choked again as a standard. He might, he might as well be on the South African team at this stage. Oh, it's a low blow. If he was on the South African team, surely he'd be playing for England soon enough. If he's good enough. Would you get in the side, in that middle order of Trot and Bell? Not at the moment. Not at the moment, but you'd take Sashin Tendog over Ian Bell any day of the week. I'm quite, a fan of, I'm quite a fan of Ian Bell. Yeah, I think Ian Bell's ace. I'm, so not, I'm, not, say, I'm not saying he's better than Joker, but... Mm. On current form. Well, yeah, on current form he is. But another thing with Tendorka is that he was also made to like a, look like a complete idiot because a, um, after he got out for 94, Amit Mishra came out and just blasted a quick, quick 100 up on the board on possibly what I think is one of the flattest tracks. Well, is this not what uh, F1 was saying the other week? The pressure, the nerves. I mean, Ashwin's only got what? He's, only, he's not got to worry about anything. He's more of a bowler. He can just come out and smash whatever he wants to. But Tindalka, in the back of his mind, knows he's going to reach a feat that no other batsman in history has ever done or looks close to doing. So maybe it was the fear that came into his mind. Although we were talking about Tindalka last week. Uh, well, not last week, two weeks ago. And um, I still maintain he's lost his touch, as I said back then, because, I mean, it was, the, it's a, it was a very flat track and he edged the slips. If the balls are moving... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think what he was going to say is, if the ball's not moving um, when you're on 94, you shouldn't really be giving your wicket away as softly as Tendorka did. Well, the thing is, he's also been dropped from the one-day squad, so he's not going to have a chance to get it uh, now. At the is moment, that, is that is that it in India? Then is that the injured season? No, somewhere they, over? Uh, I think. They've they've got the one in the uh there might be their test test somewhere over I don't I'm not sure but they've definitely got uh they've got international one day internationals against West West Indies coming up but that's it as far as I can see yeah so when is when is the next when is the next um, test series that India have because that's that's always that's the only format it seems to be playing for India Australia I believe Australia. In yes. Australia? Or? In Australia. There's a box and a test in Melbourne. That's the next opportunity for Tendulkar to get his 100-100, apparently. At least according to BBC. Well, the conditions there are going to be harder than the flat track that he's just played on and only got 94. So, And the bowling attack is much better. So, Although I wouldn't agree there. I mean, the, the bowling attack's a bit shaky. I mean, Cummins is looking a good player. But John, you never know what you're going to get with Johnson, and Sid looks very feeble, in my opinion. I think I think I think I stood up for Sid last week. I, I think we I think we agreed that Sid was a pretty solid bowler. He's, he's solid, but he's not he's not dangerous. He can he be can when he wants to be, though. 
Yeah, he's he's a support bowler. His 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 job isn't really there to be dangerous. He's there to bowl a lot of overs. That's the problem with Australia. They need you need a strong but you need a wicket take you have if he if he's a support bowler and they don't have that at the moment unless Johnson's on form. And also, just looking at the uh, scorecard, uh, uh, Michael Clark took two wickets, which was more than Johnson himself or Shane Watson as well. Which is quite funny. I, I still maintain that Mitchell Johnson is the most overrated cricket player in the world. When he's on form, he can be lethal, but when he's not, he's yeah, horrendous. Yes, I think the Barmy Army summed up his bowling quite perfectly. Yeah. And how's that? Still chanting that with my, with my mating like skills. He bowls it to the left, he bowls it to the right, he bowls it not quite white, not quite right. <laughs> I, I thought it was he. I thought, thought it was he bowls left. He bowls to right. That Mitchell Johnson is bowling a shite. But well, I, was, I wasn't going to say the nasty word, but you know, well, someone is definitely having a good series in that in those Test match series. Uh, well, the two match Test series, if you can call that a series, is uh Philander. He's he had another fighter in the sec- Australian second innings. It, it takes a lot to sort of like overshadow Dale Stain. Yeah. I'd, and I'd he has definitely done so. Well, yeah, he has. It's, it's, well, Stain, Stain was better in the first uh, first innings, but he then went out and got a five for whereas Stain went one for 98 in the second innings. Philander also uh, was the main uh, the main aggressor when they rolled him over 47 in the last test, was he not? Did you get a five for in that innings as well? I know he got... Sorry, when was that? No, he got a five for in the last innings. Well, in the last yeah. game. Yeah, so so he's... Well, how many wickets has he managed to take in that two-match series, then? Uh, I'm going to check that now. He, he's got six in this game. Uh, he got a five for in the other one, so... Could he possibly have got more wickets in this two-match series than Mitchell Johnson did in the Ashes? That wouldn't be too difficult, apart from the first game. Oh yeah, I'm just saying it proves a point if it if it does. That's that's all I'm saying. That Philander can do more in two Test matches than Johnson did in five. How many how many wickets did Johnson get in the Ashes? I'm looking at I'm looking it up now. Philander got 14 by my calculations. Well, I know he got a six for him Perth, didn't he? Yeah. He's- I had a good day there. Mainly because it was a bit breezy. <laughs> Which helps. It does help. Especially when you're a left arm over bowler. Um, Land is definitely emerged as, an, as another threat in the South African pace attack. I mean, they've already got the, the best bowler in the world on the side, but now they've got someone else who, in, in this series alone, has managed to overshadow him. I mean, Philander can set himself up, then they've got a pace attack of Stain, Morning, Walker, uh, Philander, which would s- scare any team. It was already scary enough before Philander. If yeah. Born. Just, just have a look. Um, did Johnson only play four Test matches in the Ashes? Yes, he got dropped one, didn't he? Yes, he did. He got he took fifteen wickets at thirty six point nine. So that's, that's one more. One Philander more. Two, two tests. That, wow. that's just, oh, really? I don't know what Flanders' average is for this uh, 
this series, but... Although, let's be fair here, Flander was outstanding. I mean, there's not many bowlers going to get 14 in two games. So, so let's not judge Johnson too harshly on one exceptional performance. Yeah. I get what you mean, but still, it's like, there's a series, and it's, it's still, Little Johnson hasn't looked as good as he's been hyped up to be, I'd say, for a while, but does he need to be dropped? Is there anyone really in that... As, Australia team that scares anyone? I don't think there is. I'm sure, I'm sure the Australian team is Australian is different, but there's not really any bowlers that are frightening at the moment. Cummins looks a talent, but beyond that, yes. I don't see an awful lot. They've had a few bowlers that have that sort of come in and done, played the odd couple of games and done nothing. I mean, does it be um, uh, Josh Hazelwood? That's it. I'm a big fan of Ryan Harris. Ryan House is, I, I like Ryan House as a bowler. I think he's, he's a good bowler. Yeah. He had a terrible Ashes service though. Bowled, bowled like one with. So did every uh, Australian bowler. Let's be fair. <laughs> Siddle got a hat trick, and then beyond that, went very downhill, very yeah. fast. No, that wasn't their best series ever, was it? The Aussies. This is looking at the weakest. I mean, it looks like the weakest Australian bowling attack in uh, ever. Decades. Oh, yeah, because it's a massive change from uh, Lee, McGrath, Warren, and the others. And those three alone, and then you know, and there was a oh, it was Gillespie as well. Is in there is always good. And Stuart Clark as well. So it's just completely not a change for them. But they're in a tra- they're in a transitional period. I mean, it's not like they're expected to be the best team in the world as they transition from one team to another. Um, we can move on to the the batting. I, th- I think the batting is strong because I don't think they they haven't they haven't really changed the batting that much mm. to what what it was. Um, they've got sort of Sean Marsh, Usman Kraja in sort of like the fringe levels. They uh, seem massively inconsistent though, all of them. Um, I'm I'm just going to base this off. You see the first innings, Australia. Watson gets 88 opening. Next, he's out for a two-ball duck. There's there is one man that could have that could sort of put have that a, a solid rock in in Australia's order, and yeah. that man is the man that Cricket Australia decided to rip up their contract for. Simon Cattage. Exactly. He was he. He was by no means was he pretty, but my God was he a very good opener. Yeah. I said I reckon we give uh, Kawaja some time because he looks. Kawaja looks good. He'll be, he'll be a very good player. Yeah. But all their experience Kawaja. experience failed around them. In the second inning, Ponton got them over. Then Haddon put in a decent put in a decent shift, but they've got. It's just not inspiring. You see some these numbers. They were. Looking at the first innings against uh recent most recent game against South Africa, they had the openers put on 166 of their 296 total, so they put on uh well over half of well over half of the uh, Australian total. And you just see Ponting going for naught, Clark going for 11, Hussey 20, Allen 16, Johnson had a little bit of a respite at 30, 38, and then they just got skittled for all out. They don't look. 
they're, they're, on paper they look a great side, but in action they're not showing it at the moment. It's it's um, when when Hussey when Hussey shows up, that's when Australia become a very strong batting side. Yeah. Because Hussey is an expert at just scoring runs, and he's also very good at batting with the tail. Yeah, that's what. Oh, that's why where he, that's why he is where he is. He, if he was any better than he, well, obviously he is. He's the, the probably the best bat they have on their side. But if he was anywhere else, it, it wouldn't make sense. I think. I think he's he's there to get the good late century. Yeah, he's yeah. I mean, he started off his test career as an opener, didn't he? Yeah. So it's it's obvious that he's got a talent to bat pretty much anywhere in the order he wants to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, having him there sort of he sort of plays in the one day games, he sort of plays that sort of finishing role as well, didn't he? That Michael Bevan did so well for the Aussies. Yeah. A similar sort of position in where he bats. It's he's I I'm just a massive fan of of Hussey. He's just one of my batting heroes. Um so so I'm gonna praise him to the end of the earth really, but if Pussy turns up, Australia will score runs. Yeah, I, I think the most alarming thing, like teams aside of the series, was the fact there was no crowd at all at either at either of the two tests. Yeah, that's the most worrying thing. As we saw that it's the same thing that happened in India with Sachin Tendulkar. Oh, was it, well, not just with Sachin Tendulkar, with the sit with the uh, series anyway, and with Sachin Tendulkar on on the edge of. Uh, cricketing greatness, uh, or completing the triumph, and you know, getting that hundred hundred, you'd think you'd see, um, you'd think you'd see a major crowd for what could possibly be a great achievement, and that it just wasn't there. I can I can sort of understand there not being massive crowds at India West Indies. I can under, I can understand that I, you know Test cricket the, the, India haven't really had a good run in Test cricket um, recently. Um, obviously, it's against West Indies, who we know aren't the best Test side in the world. Um, you know, all this thing, there's a lot of injuries, all this. Um, I can see that, but South Africa Australia is possibly one of the best series that we've had in a few years. Yeah. Like in terms of, of like having an even contest and two equally matched sides taking it close both both games. Uh, well, not not in the first test, um, South Africa. What was the, got the that, best? But. One of the best tests I think has been uh, England South Africa. I don't know if you said that or whether it was Australia South Africa. I missed it. Uh, Australia South uh, Australia South Africa. Oh, I, uh, I think. Uh, England South Africa was a lot better, and that's a lot better match up at the moment. I know, I know Australia beat South Africa, but it, w- it was hardly an inspiring win. It was more just due to yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not saying that it was a a good win for Australia. I'm saying it was a, a close, very, close game. Yeah, a close game, which I would have thought that and the prospects of South Africa and Austra- v Australia. I would have yeah. thought that really got the crowd in, but it is it's alarming to see empty empty stands. And it's not, I wouldn't say it's just Test cricket. I just think at the moment cricket's in a in a lull. There's not much there. I mean, the people come out and say, "Oh, the 2020 
It's, it's, it's the big thing. It's saving cricket. It's killing uh, test cricket. Yeah, I and, agree with that. Stone dead. And then what, and then what happens if uh, 2020 loses the audience? What, do we, what happens then? There's no cricket. Yeah. Uh, it's... There will always be cricket fanatics, but it's getting those cricket fanatics that actually get to the game. Yeah, prices it's, don't help as well. The the prices to go and see, yeah, uh, the, especially in obviously in England, the prices to go say see a test match is ridiculously high amount of money. But that's because uh, you're at a time where interest is high in the sport, but there isn't any. People don't have the disposable income to go and spend a day at the cricket now, though. That's the, that's the big problem. Yeah, that's where it's different from... Well, no, that's not, that's not a uh, problem in Australia and South Africa at the moment. I mean, England's in a recession. Australia's still doing relatively well. As, and India's, India's doing very well at the moment, economically seen. Um, so I wouldn't see that as an issue. What's a, I could be sort of making this up, but I still remember reading somewhere about the BCCI saving seats and tickets for like VIPs and not not putting them on sale for the public. That wouldn't be as many seats to be sort of empty at the the West Indies game though. Well, yeah, I suppose. I was just just sort of, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know what's, why it's it's not being as well attended? Ah, lack of excitement, perhaps. We're in the twenty twenty era. Everything has to go quickly. Even twenty twenty crowds are down. It, it, is, it is as Nuke said. It's just cricket as a whole is in a bit of a lull in the sport rise. But the IPL is supposed to be the big money maker of cricket. I heard next to nothing. Uh, world champ, club world championship of 2020. I minimal coverage I heard of. I was told about. I bet I can't even. I. It was probably some ridiculous Indian team that won it because they bought out the contracts for other 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 players' teams. Like say if Kevin Peterson was supposed to be playing for one team, he'd have played for his uh, English team. He'd have played for the. Indian team, it's just it's a competition ruined by the IPL anyway, so I think that's why there was no interest in that, but that's supposed to be the major club world championship of cricket and no one cared. It's I think it's a fact as well that they're not really promoting there's nothing to play for at the moment. Like England are number one for um like for for the foreseeable future. I mean until South Africa played them or Australia played them again, it's gonna like it's gonna be difficult for them to um them to be uh, knocked off the top perch. So until uh, like we're, we have to wait until there's a bigger series, until we might actually see some interest like injecting into the sport. We have, we have got in, we have got England South Africa next year. This year. So that's not going to help affect popularity currently. Like no, you're not going to watch games that are meaningless. I mean, we see we see it in the Premiership all the time. Who's going to go watch like Fulham play Blackburn? Sorry, I've just got. More cramp in my foot. I'm trying not to make a lot of noise if about it. If the attraction it. isn't there, then why would people go? Why would people go see this game? I, I see your point. I mean, you're going to see in India versus West Indies is a one-sided test, and it proved to be a one-sided test. But if there's a struggling audience for 
a game between the second and third best side in the world and they're that and they're both as good as each other, then surely there is a problem that needs to be sorted out there. Well, that, that may just be a problem in one country, though. I mean, we can't we can't make we can't overgeneralize here. Like if South Africa played played India in India or it had been in Australia, we can't we can't confirm that it would it would have been the same the other way around. Something it might just be a South African problem. Something I've because just test cards in England are well up. Uh, I've just seen something very interesting on the BBC website coming um, from Graham Swan. Uh, this is obviously this is while we're recording. We were quite unaware of it, <laughs> aware of this, but it's just come out. I've just seen the website, BBC website, and it says Graham Swan has told BBC Sport he wants to see uh, one day internationals gone. Apparently he no. sees apparently he sees Test cricket and twenty twenty cricket being the way forward, and that the one day internationals, uh, one day cricket has to go. No, no it's, it's lost its importance. Like it used to be the T Twenty of cricket. Oh, yeah. uh, like um, and, and now these days, like after the Ashes, um, England played seven one internationals and then went off to the went off to the World Cup. Like realistically, the seven one internationals, nobody really cares. Yeah, I mean, keep the World Cup perhaps, but but, but, but I mean beyond that, like. But for those seven internationals, was that were people not interested because of the format, or were they not interested in because of one day overkill? I think it was one day overkill. I mean, the first couple were relatively well attended, and then died off after about the third one day international. I think um I I I, I think one day cricket. I, we can't get rid of one day cricket. I think it has its place among, especially among the associate nations who don't play test. Oh, it, it has its, it has its place, and obviously on the subcontinent, it's. It's the game, pretty much. It's what they will strive for. I mean, you see Pakistan, Sri Lanka, and India, they, they all strive to be good at the one-day game. But on an overall scale, India have moved towards the 2020. England and like South Africa and everyone else has moved towards the test cricket. So it, it has its place, but it, it is a dying... It's another dying form of the game. I, 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 there's too much cricket played at the moment. I think, personally, like from a player's point of view and a fan's point of view. So I mean, yeah. get, getting rid of uh, one day cricket would mean less cricket on the calendar, and every piece of cricket you see is kind of that's, more that's treasures. What, that's what Swan said here as well. He said, he said, uh, we do play too much cricket, and if some and if something had to go, uh, and you had to give him the chance, it would be 50 over cricket. I'd turn it into 40 over cricket or something. Is what he said. I wouldn't agree with that, but I do think there should be less games. I mean, instead of seven game series after the Ashes, play oh, yeah, three yeah. and then two twenty twenties. I mean, just make the series shorter, generate interest. Because I mean, after after five one internationals, I don't care what the result is in the next two. Especially if, if there's one team running away with it. So, I mean, Australia went four nil, was it? Yeah. In this in the one day series, and then I mean. This makes the next three uh, three one days completely null and void. India beat India beat uh, England five now. Exactly. I mean, in in test, there's still a bit of excitement as to whether it'll be a whitewash. There's still some importance attached to, attached to it. But I mean, if we saw a three game series, we'd only see one game where there's nothing to play for. I think that'd be fair enough. But when there's three games where there's absolutely nothing for a team to, for a team to play for, it's just oh. no real point. I think we need to get rid of those just those pointless series that we play. It's like we went, we had India taught here, and we played four test matches, yeah, and five one days. Okay, that's that's fine. I think that was fine. It was a good series. Everybody enjoyed it. 
But I think, you know, a couple of weeks after, England were in India playing five one-day internationals. I mean, why? You don't need to have that many. We've just played five. And then all of a sudden we're going out to play there for another five. And, that, you know, there was no test matches. It wasn't really a proper series. They were just sticking it there for the sake of having cricket. I, I agree with you entirely, but I think think as well. Test matches need to be the focus exactly. of every of every like series. Having these sort of series where we just play a few one day internationals and a couple of hitling giggles, T twenties, and then going home again. I mean, it's a sad state of affairs when the number one and two te- sorry number two and three teams in the world in Australia and South Africa um, have only played two test matches between each other. I mean, that yeah. that that in itself should be a fight. Well. Four or five game series, four at the very least. Well, it's in the same test I said about that England South Africa series next year. Um, that's that, three, is it? No, that's a three. But recently, I think last time South Africa toured here, it was announced that the test series would be a five test series. And they've cut that down to a three match series, and it's just sort of. Three matches in a test series doesn't prove anything. I think three matches is fine if you're playing the likes of West Indies or yes. Bangladesh, where you know what the outcome's going to be. You're pretty much assured of the outcome before you start in this actual series. You might get an upset in one of the games. But um, but when you've got big teams playing into it, like one or two in the world and two and three, one and four, you need five test matches because uh, five, five tests, there's no doubt, there's no doubting result after five test matches that you've been the better team in that series. But after three, you could say, oh, look, um, he, he, he got us. He got a sly win, and then you were rained off once, and he battled for a draw. I mean, it doesn't prove your better side. Yeah, yeah. It's. Um, I, I, I think it's sad to see. I really do. I don't want Test cricket gone. I don't want One Day International cricket gone. Um, T Twenty. I don't care. Kill it. Dead. Um, <laughs> you know. I don't. I think T Twenty is great at club level and domestic level. I think that maybe we should possibly have the T20 World Cup alternating with the World Cup, so it's every two years alternating. But I wouldn't like any other T20 internationals because I think that's what's sort of like taking up the calendar. Yeah. You know, and then and then if we did that, we could promote this sort of Champions League style T20 thing because it would be unique. It wouldn't be being played everywhere else in the world at the same time with by international teams, which is more exciting. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah. Now just going back to my point though about uh, longer test series. Um, like we look back, we look back to England, Sri Lanka at the start of the uh, start of the summer, and um, that was a three test series, and two of the tests were completely ruined by weather, and rain. I mean, that that's not the makings of a great series. Yes, it did. If if, if both teams turned up, uh, if both teams played well, and we kind of uh, shorn of that because it was a three match series and we only played. Uh, two games were practically rained off. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think... You know, obviously, with the, it's... Uh, the weather sort of... Um, it, it did ruin that series, the weather, but... At least well, if it was five games, though, then you have you, you will still have three matches. Yeah, yeah, I guess you'd have more of a chance to avoid that weather, but... You know, England here in England we had this we had an absolute crap spring and a, and a, and a pretty crap summer. So I think even if it had been a five test match, five test series in this case, 
I still think that we would have had a lot of rain-affected games, and it still might have only been, you know, one or two nil or something like that, rather than because there was just if, if it, you can't do you can't change the weather, but and I think. No, when you've got when you've got a big series, you want as much cricket played as possible, and especially when two games are rained off, you feel like you've just been, I know, ripped off, shorn, shorn of a series that could have been, like, could have it could have contained some cracking games. Yeah, you're just kind of shorn because two games were rain affected early, and neither te- both teams needed to be no result. Yeah, I I, I, <clears throat> I I see your point, and I agree. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We've, we've, we've covered that one. Grand. Um, but we're talking about the uh, um, the test game dying, and obviously cricket and international stage possibly in a lull. Um, looking at the domestic competitions around the world, we've got in England the county cricket. We've got the Morgan Review that has yes. just been published, and yeah. that is essentially just saying we're going to cut down on all cricket play. Well that seems understandable considering the current predicament of cricket here as well as a unsure financial stage at the moment and looking forward that's probably the best course of action for all the clubs. I'm still I'm still not sure on the fact that there's the there's the high percentage of the of the T twenty games. I think that needs to be done though, because they're short. You can play three in a day. You can play two uh, two days in a row. I mean, you can get those out of the way very quickly, so it's not really huge. Um, like it doesn't. T- it's not not cumbersome in the calendar. Yeah, it's not affected so by you can, rain. You can, you can play more of those. Because it's not affected really by rain, has it? Because you've seen uh, on finals day they play two games each. If you make it to the finals, you you play two games on the day. So like, if it rains, they can always just like postpone it for like the next day or. Say, all right, this, if you play, like, say Essex plays Sussex and Essex win quickly, then Essex can go play Hampshire afterwards as well. Exactly. It's, very, it's a very short and fun game, and it gets the crowds in easier because, because it's so short, it can take place in the evenings when people most likely aren't at work, can actually come and see the game and enjoy the cricket. I mean, they're, uh, they're cutting down uh, to 14 T20 games in group stages. It, and they're cutting down, they're cutting down two te- uh, one first-class games as well. But if you were to add four first-class games, that's another 20 days, adding three days of rest. That's that's about a month of calendars gone right there by four games. So I think it, I think it's easier to put in uh, 20, 20 games than it is to put in any extra first-class games because it just leaves more space in the calendar. And they've ch- they changed the days as well. They've changed the days of the county championship. I, d- I don't agree with that. Though. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's just. I think that's. They've got, the, they got the wrong days, but they've tried to put it on. At it's the right idea, but I, I think the county championship days shouldn't have been altered. They should have altered the one-day matches and the 2020s. Well, they have. They have altered the 2020 to Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. Which, to be fair, so that, that's when fa- that's when first-class cricket should be played. First-class yeah. cricket should be the pinnacle of the county game, and right. you should be trying to get the crowds in for that and having. A game starting on Monday and playing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, when everybody's at work, you're not going to see any fans, and that's yeah. that's how you're going to kill off the longer format well, format of the game. And the early pubs, when, uh, to be fair, these these changes won't go into effect until 2014 if they do get voted in anyway. But and by that point, the entire county championship could be dead on its feet before we know it. 
what's going to happen in the next two years or so. But moving moving the days back could be a better thing. At the start of the se- at the start of the season, it's gonna, the games will start on a Friday. Uh, yes, that, that, at the start of the season, that's that's when the matches have no bearing. Well, they do have a bearing, but they're not as important uh, for fa- to, uh, for fans. Like if, you, if you're coming in the last two or three games of Kenny's Championship, and the number one's playing number four, it's going to have a big bearing on the results of uh, who wins the thing in the end. So that's when the excitement is, and that's when you just want the uh, fans in. That's when you know it's likely to attract fans rather than at the very start when there's kind of a bit of a lull as to who's going to be a contender and who isn't. Especially when you see like uh, the last two years, the county championship has gone down to the wire to the very last day. But the, with, the, with the plans of this Morgan review, that last day would be a Thursday. So, you know, nobody's going to be able to see that because they're all going to be working. It's, it's, it's ridiculous to, to put it that way round. You know, it should fit... You know, at that stage of the season, you should have games finishing ideally on a Sunday so that you can get the crowds in for the last two days to see the conclusion of these matches. Not starting them at the start of the week and finishing them in the middle where no one is going to be able to see them. But this is just the initial report. This is just the initial report. This is the changes that are going to be made two years in the future. That so The changes should not be made in total. Like It doesn't matter if they're in the future. That's not the way the game should be um, organised. They can still... like. They're still trying to piece it together themselves. They can put it together, so they... Uh... Yeah, but unfortunately, the only thing we can discuss right now is what's been laid out, and what's been laid out now, we've, we don't agree with, and that, so that's all we can really say about it. We can't go, oh, yeah, they might change it, they might also might not, in which case, everything we're saying here is perfectly valid. They've, another thing they've said in this, though, has kind of been slipped under. A lot of the, lot of the things they're saying about the changes in the game, but there's going to be a reduction in team salary payments... Uh, and a strengthening of performance-related payments. So if you're going to get paid less on a contract, but say if you score a ton, you're going to get a bonus. Not sure I agree with that either. No. It doesn't. It does like it. Do, it doesn't um, encourage the mediocre cricket the cricketer to try to aspire for county level. Yeah, because I saw recently a Hampshire player, I believe, quit because there was just no money in the game for him. Exactly. So if if you're going out scoring tons every week, fair fair play to you. But if you're going out every week and getting, I know, putting your shift of getting thirty in Division Two, where's the money for you there? Where's the incentive to play cricket? Yeah, I mean most. I mean I know a few county players that have because of the the, the pay that they're on is just nothing really substantial. They actually have to have um, sort of like a part time job to go alongside it. I mean, yes. cricket's taken so many strides becoming professionals, and we're just kind of moving back into a semi-professional age by doing that. But that's not—that's just because of the the world of cricket at the moment. Though it's, it's not—it's not a reflection of like how everything is. It's a reflection of um, it's a reflection of where the state of cricket is. Obviously, if, if we could give them more money, we would, but we can't. No, but the, this performance rate thing will just I don't know, escalate the, the problem we're having. Sure, there's no money now, but if they're getting played on the performance and the team's salary is going down, that's less for them. And if they're a mediocre cricketer, they're yeah. not going to be getting the bonuses. It's bad news, yeah. bits and pieces all around us as well, isn't it? Which are quite a, you know, bits and pieces all around us. You know, you might not think much of an international level, but at county level, players like Luke Wright, um, Michael Yardy, they're sort of like. <laughs> 
Johnny Bairstow. Besides, <laughs> Johnny Bairstow. Johnny Bairstow isn't an all-rounder. That's that, that's not getting into that. Oh uh, no! Just because you're named cricketers, you liked. No, I, I just I'm just naming two pizza of pieces all-rounders who came off the top of my head. Okay, just a couple of shots there for Jacob when he gets in. Yeah, yeah. Um, so enough of Johnny Bairstow. Uh, that's another shot. Um, but you know, if their their job really is to perhaps maybe score in maybe in the limited overs game, score a quick forty of say thirty five balls, chip in with say two wickets, and keep it keep it tight for say six overs. Where's where's the incentive in that? Like an economical bowler will not get anything out of this if they exactly if, if they if they go their ten o uh, ten overs and one a level and go for maybe twenty runs that's an unbelievable like or even fifteen that's an unbelievable achievement in one day cricket but there's no, if there's no wickets there they're not getting the bonus yeah like good performance is something that's very difficult to measure in cricket so I don't know how the bonus system is going to work efficiently yeah what happens if you're a bad patch of form. If you're in a bad patch of form and you get money worries at the same time, it's not really going to help you play, is it? You've got to worry about your money outside the game. So you're already doing enough, but... You know, I think the problem is they're trying, to, they're trying to focus too much on international cricketers. I mean, if you're not at that level, you're going to have money worries at this moment. Yeah. I mean, all the money's in India, and if you're not playing there, if you're playing in England, especially Division 2, you're going to be struggling. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, you know... County cricket. If you're, a, if you're a county cricket player, your job is not secure at the best of times. Let alone when you're getting paid on how well you're playing. It's suddenly, suddenly, at least before, you knew that you'd be getting um, a certain amount of money per year, and nothing that you could do would change that. You could have the worst season ever, and you'd get that amount of money at the end of it. Whereas now, if you you know you have one bad season, you get paid like sixty quid. Or some, some, something ridiculous like that, you know. Obviously, that's that's taking it to an extreme. It will never be like that. But if, if it's sort of like it, it, we sh- if anything, we should be trying to reassure the county players that they're that they're good enough to play the professional game. If if you sort of know what I'm getting at, whereas this sort of performance-based bonus thing is sort of like only. Um, only sort of like looking at, like, say, about the top 10% of players in the county game, and the rest of them might as well not turn up and play. Yeah. 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 So that was a very long-winded yeah. way of saying that. Yeah. I think we've talked quite a bit about the cricket. Maybe we should move on to something else. Yeah, it might be a good idea. Yeah. Uh, maybe... Uh, Interesting story that we can talk about is the story of Babak Rafati. Uh, Babak Rafati, yes. Babak Rafati. Saying all right. Um, the German referee who tried to hang himself before the was it Mainz and well, how do you say that Mainz 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 Mainz, which yes. was for the. Yes, it was for the Mainz Cologne game, and it had to be called off 40 minutes before kickoff because it became known that the ref- well, first off, they only knew that the referee hadn't shown up, yeah. and then later became available. Uh, 
he's became available. He tried to commit suicide the day before, and he's le- he's now uh, recovering. The day before? Sorry, no, he tried to commit suicide that morning. Yeah. They only found out. Yeah, they found out on the day. Yeah, his, um, uh, the assistant referees found out uh, by knocking on his door when he was late to the um, meeting. Knocking him in the bathtub, apparently. Yes. In blood. But just, he's he's now he's now recovering and he cited yeah. pressure as reason for his suicide. Yeah, he said fear of making mistakes, and obviously in this day and age, people are, uh, there's so many ways that you can uh, attack a referee almost to put to put it. Uh, well, you might have a fair, fair case for this guy. He's been voted the worst uh, ref in the Bundesliga four times since 2004. So, well, there you go. I mean, that's bad enough in itself. You had an award to decide who's the best, worst referee. I mean, you see people, you see the World Cup, how Webb in the World Cup was told he was a horrible referee, and you had other people, uh, you have like English people who make a lot of mistakes, and like they get slated in the press, and then they get abused online. You but I think we have to remember. I can see. I can see his reasoning behind that being a fair one. Yeah, but I think we have to remember. Like we've we've all like the benefits of video analysis and replays. Yeah. Uh, um. Like they're they're watching it on the spot from one angle. We get a hundred different angles. I mean, something from one angle can look completely different to another angle, and they're watching it in real time. Yeah. And the sl- super slow mo we have, and they have to react on that one impulse. And if referee yeah. gets that impulse wrong, I mean, we've seen it, we've seen it so many times. The referee's got something wrong. Some, sometimes they should have seen it differently, but mo- like a lot of the time, it's just very difficult to call for them. So that they're they're there. They've got to make the call split second. They blow their whistle. They've they've got to blow their whistle almost immediately as well. They can't just hesitate and go. Yeah. Uh, Otherwise, they get slated for that as well. I mean, there's plenty yeah. refs that get um, slated for not blowing the whistle soon enough. And like letting play go on and like. If there's a goal, I mean, the, the, the linesman, you, you hear it a lot when a player scores a goal and the linesman flags up, fly, flag is up, and yeah. you're told, "Oh, the linesman's flag went up very late." I mean, I'd rather see the right decision than the flag being up, uh, flag being upright on time. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, you'd, you'd be, sli- be slating for getting it wrong, and then you're slating for getting it right and taking his time over. So, I mean, one or the other. Yeah, make the right call or do it quickly and possibly jeopardise the game. I mean, referee. I mean, what what I'm not a fan of is when referees take influence over the game. But we have to remember the referees there to let the game be played. Yeah. So everything he blows, just get on, you just have to get on with it, Regar- yeah. regardless of what it is. Like he's just trying to do his best to keep the game flowing and not have any major incidents. Incidences. So I mean, there's a lot of pressure on him to do that, and I think I think it's un- uh, unwarranted pressure because that's not not the role the referees meant to fulfil. Yeah. But I think it's something to be just kind of bringing on onto them. But that's the thing. This is like this has come at a time when they've when they uh, they're saying that possibly next season uh, goal line technology could be introduced into the Premier League anyway. But this seems, based on what he said and what his fears were, it could definitely be a good. It's a good starting point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you may, you may remember two years ago, uh, Robert Enke committed suicide, the German national goalkeeper, for and played for Hanover. Um, yeah. um, I mean, uh, when he came out, I mean, um, sorry, when after he committed suicide, the German, the Bundesliga decided that every uh, player should have psychological testing done, um, and have and there should be. Well, I mean, it will be a great right thing. now. 
it'd be a contra it's a controversial thing in itself. I mean, do you want to have like um? Do, do you want to lower the game and take away the what do you call it? The spirit, not not the spirit of the game, but you know the the his, like defy the history of the game where there was no where it's all just make the decision. The referees make the decisions by themselves, no assistance, no nothing like that. They all make the decisions as they go along. But I mean, that's what people. Or, or do do you risk it and have like? Do you, what, I can't get my words out. Jumbling up, it lowers the um um integrity. Integrity. The tradition of the game gets quite, like it does go against the tradition of the game to being a referee. But I think that, I think this instance kind of highlights the fact that the tradition isn't. I don't know. Maybe it's time to go against tradition when somebody's feeling that much pressure. I mean, like you want to give as much assistance as possible, and if tradition has to be harmed, not then so be it. I mean, we only, I think, really, we only have to have a look at some of the sports where it's been successfully implemented to, like, see the benefits of having it in football. Um, I mean, there's the, same, there's the same argument in tennis and cricket, and nobody's really argued, like, I mean, I know the BCCI is argued a bit in cricket, but apart from that, it's been pretty much a unanimous decision going, uh, thinking that's a good, it was a good move to bring in um, some kind of uh, video technology. Well, look at rugby as well. Rugby probably uses it more than any other sport. Although rugby is slightly, slightly different because if there's a try scored or there's a foot and touch, there's a game, the game is uh, the, the game is stopped anyway. Whereas if you're not sure if the ball's crossed the line in football, the game will continue playing and you might be sharing the chance of a break off another team. Is is, is the only is the only kind of real issue I, I, I see there? If like football's a free flowing game, whereas tennis, cricket, and rugby aren't really. Yeah. It needs to be, if it is slow, it needs to sort of be, uh, there needs to be sort of like, as you said, it's... I mean, what we've seen in the top, what we've seen in the top level of... Go ahead. No, sorry, I, I, I can't really work out what I was saying anyway, so <laughs> sort of say what your piece. Right, yeah, no, what we've seen in top level hockey is uh, they have a review system uh, for any short corners, strokes, or um, goals. But what you often see is if a team's pu- uh, pushing forward and suddenly their team's on a break, they'll go, oh yeah, we want to review that. There might have been a short corner there, simply to sheared up, get back, uh, get the numbers behind the ball. And that's the thing, it's, like, it's not working. And I think that's something you need to avoid in football. I mean, yeah. if you're going to implement it, you have to implement, implement it the right way. Really, it needs to be in the power of the referee and it can't interfere with the flow of the game. It has to be uh, fluid. It has to sort of be... Reasonable. Exactly, it, it has to fit the game. Yeah. See it more like somewhere might not work somewhere else. Could it be more like um, NFL? NFL is the obviously every single play is reviewed. Exactly. There's just a lot of stops in NFL as well. That's the one thing that hasn't really been trialed successfully in any kind of free flowing sport. There's a stoppage in play, but with the review system, goal wise and stuff, there's that break after the goal. I mean. If you have yeah, but if if you if you're if you're, if you're uh, challenging the balls cross the line, like look look at England Germany in the World Cup, the Frank Lampard situation. If you're challenging that, I mean, there's no break and play there if the key, if the referees call play on. So yeah, unless you say it's only it's out, uh, unless you say it's only if a goal has been scored to challenge the fact that the goal hasn't been scored. 
But I think goal line technology should be, I don't know, extended to the box. And any big, a penalty decision might, you know, potentially overturn that. Because there's a lot of, there's always a lot of, um, a lot going on. Sorry, a lot of criticism of referees who get penalties wrong. So I know big decisions, maybe, maybe just video analysis in general should be introduced rather than just goal line technology. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Would it be just be worth to have, say, like a second sort of a TV referee who would literally sit in a room in the stadium with and watch it in real time, or watch it in real time with all these different angles available to him, which should you know help him sort of um, it should together if there's sort of like a tangle in the box, the referee can stop the game and ask the TV ref, you know, what happened. I think that would be the ideal situation. Yeah, that's. But that's, the, pro- the problem, the problem is still implementing it. If it's, if the referee's called play on, how do you how do you get the other team? How do you say okay, the team wants to challenge that decision? That's the one issue. You need to find the ideal way to do that. Yeah, that's that's it. It works. It works that way. The ref sort of asking, but it doesn't really work when the refs made the wrong decision, does it? And they've all. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, 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 it's I mean, it's not really something for us for us to ponder. It's about it's up to FIFA and the or the FA in this case to make the right decision of how you're going to implement this. And I, I assume they have enough money and they're going to put enough research in to make sure they do it correctly. I don't think it should be implemented until it's right. Yeah. I think obviously we've seen a lot of the cricket and the sort of the the umpire review system that we've got in cricket. I think that was sort of brought in a little bit too early when there was still sort of like, um, well, there still is some doubts over the um, the uh, accuracy of the, the, the review system. I mean, I don't really, I think it's pretty, um, pretty believable, but I think, um, I think bringing it in early sort of damages the idea of it. I mean, there's always going to be sports purists that say, oh, no, no, no. We don't want um, TV footage or goal line technology in our game. It, it ruins it. It's uh, you know, oh, if, if, if people who played in the 1940s, they'll be rolling in their graves and all this sort of stuff. So well, I, I, I think um, I think football's the ideal situation to kind of uh, ideal place to kind of test this, because if you look even in if you, if you even look at England, like you've got League Two, League One, uh, the Championship. I mean, if you try, trials in League One. Obviously, games there are still important, but not as important as Arsenal playing Man United. So you can trial it there, get it so it works the best, because you still have all the cameras and stuff at those games. Trial it, make sure it works before you implement it anywhere else. Yeah. And it's, it's not a difficult thing to do in the sport of football, because there is so many, so many different places where games are being broadcast. Yeah, pretty much. Big um, for the game, man. If you think about it, how many you're not gonna have like twelve yards having a kick about having their having assigning one person to stand on and touch like, uh, on the side with the camera just so they can go back and record so record and go back and change. I mean, it does take away from the purity of the game at least. Although you don't see you see like I watch a lot of schools rugby and I mean you don't see that in schools rugby at all like going oh yeah. The referee makes a call there and then, but because there's not the pressures of having eighty thousand people staring them down yeah. or booing them, it it the, the it's accepted. I mean, the players sometimes complain, obviously, in any sport, but I mean, it, it usually the referee's decision is accepted very, very quick, very quickly after he said that that's final. Referee players will move off. 
Yeah. So I mean, I, I think at the lower levels, it's not a big issue. It's not a big deal because it's not going to be affecting the period. Like it's not going to be affect, affecting the way you say, "Oh yeah, any child can go ahead and play football, uh, football like the pros do." It's not going to change that aspect. Uh, well, I think that's we've uh, got that topic done. Yeah. So basically, yeah. Yeah, goal line technology. There's too much pressure on referees. Goal line technology would help, but we don't really want to see it until it's full through. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. Right. What uh, <laughs> else we can talk about? Um, well, the NBA lockout at the moment. It, the season is looking in jeopardy for all well, the. It has, has for a NBA while. Fans. Yes, but um, the, the uh, NBA has come out to say if if a uh, um, agreement's not reached within a certain date, I'm not quite sure what it is now. The season will be called off. So I have, they have I'm pretty sure they've set, set out a concrete date for that now. Yeah. So we now have a final date for an agreement to be made, and final day because they've they've disbanded the uh, players' union. Which was the main thing. The players' union, after the last set of talks, the players' union went down, and now they've got the, uh, the final talks coming up and hope to salvage uh, I, I, about 50 games or so. Yeah, 50 uh, game season instead of 97, I think. Uh, 80, well, this, 82 games is usually the 82. season. 82 oh, right. the season. But they'd salvage about half, half of that, but they've sacrificed. A lot. It's, I think it is. Sean, do you know much about this? Um, no. I think this could be your educated a Yorkshireman sequence for this week. Just, I, 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 again, it's one of those, I know how basketball works. No, but the, lo- the lockout itself. Uh, yeah, the lockout <laughs> itself. <laughs> I know how you play basketball. It doesn't really I refer to it. I know basketball with Anne, but I don't... Yeah. <laughs> no, I know, because I know what rules and all that. Oh, you know rules, do you? Yeah, but I just don't know, sort of like, I wouldn't be able to tell you, you know, it's only um, uh, San Antonio players and the Lakers, really, like, I'd only be able to tell you team-wise and who played who, for them. Who won the last uh, NBA Finals, most previous one before the lockout? Um, <laughs> Mavs. No Google. And what was that, sorry? Um, the Dallas Mavericks, Sean. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, Those ones. Anyway, so uh, the lockout's basically te- um, teams and players have disagreed on salaries and such, and therefore the players are striking. Yeah, it's about the owners wanting more money, but the players refusing to give it to them, and they want their own kind of stuff. They want... A 50-50 split is what is proposed. It's more likely to be like 52-48 or whatever, but they want a 50-50 split, and it's a lot of it is just to... Yeah, they're currently, they're the currently settling on 49 and uh, for an extra percentage to be play, put into a retired a retired player's fund. Yeah, they want to... They the want current to, offer they're giving. It's just like, uh, just like the NFL, really. They, they want to try and help people who retire after they retire, because a lot of them... A lot of people think, oh, basketball players and American footballers, they get loads and loads and loads of money. But if you're not a Premier player, you, you're not getting the million pounds or whatever. You're getting 
£200,000, which is still a lot of money, but at the same time, what, there's, there's not much... like They have to try and invest that in business to sort themselves out for the rest of their lives. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting all the players have uh, signed for European clubs now. What's going to happen if the lockout does end uh, well, and no, they go back the lockout, to the US? The lockout ends, they go back to the US. Is that, that the think? deal? Yeah, that's the deal. That's right. that's confirmed. But the player, the problem is, some players have gone to China. Uh, now they've gone to China. And there's no deal there. There's no deal there. They're locked in for China. They have to play for China for the entire year. All right. Kenyon Martin. If you're going to China, you're at now because you can't come then come back. Uh, for the rest of the season, whereas people who are playing in Europe can. That's why people have been tentative, although Europe is the next biggest time. China's just as big. Yeah, it's a big, they have a big basketball market over there. Although this nearly happened with American football as well. Yeah. Uh, at the start of the season. And and okay, back, yeah. back, back was it 2004, 05? Uh, what? The NFL? I think I think it was 04 or 05. What the NFL? Almost, but they certainly almost had a lockout. Yeah, they certainly had to. Sorry. The NFL almost had a lockout. No, the NHL had a lockout oh, in 04 or 05. Uh, 2003, if I if I'm right. I'll have a quick look. I'm just gonna see. Look, J.R. Smith. Uh, yeah, 04 or 05 was the NHL lockout. Okay, uh, J.R. Smith. Isn't playing in China. Uh, well, sorry, he's playing in China. Um, Kenyon Martin's playing in China, and all these players aren't going to be come back. So the Denver Nuggets are looking pretty weak at the moment. It does put a bit of dampener on the season. I mean, having your stars playing, having your stars not play, playing is one thing, but even just the fact they're missing, like. What thirty-two games they're missing this season? If some if they get even if they get to a deal, some of the big name big names aren't out there at the moment. You're not going to see Kobe Bryant or anything like that. But you've got uh, like Williams, Deron Williams playing for the, uh, the a couple of players playing for the Shikdas. Lamar Odom plays for the Shikdas. Uh, Tony Parker's playing for free at a French club, pretty much. But that's because he. Uh, he has an investment in the club. Kobe Bryant's been long links with a Italian club as well. I have yes, uh, I've heard that. It, well, good. It's yeah. all good for those players. For those players, but it's not really much for anyone else. It must. It, sure. Yeah. I suppose the only positive side that they can sort of take out of all these players if they do leave and the NBA comes back is that. A good chance for like the young players to come through, but the problem with the, the NBA season is the, NBA, the the damage is done. The NFL was smart enough; they cancelled as quick as they could. They, they, the season almost the the lockout at the start of the season seems a long distant memory in the NFL. It's it's gone, whereas the NBA has just. They've shot, the owners have shot themselves in the foot. To be fair, both sides have stood their argument well. But they've shot themselves in the foot. They're, they're all losing out at the moment, and no, no one's a winner. No one's won this. Exactly. No, but um, 
I, I think there's a lot about the franchise system that uh, the American sports u- uh, use. That this is the third instance in about, well, not the third instance, but the third occasion where we've seen a potential lockout in what about six years now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, something needs to change. I mean, we we haven't seen. We, I have never seen a strike in football. I mean, it may have ha- may have happened, but in the larger leagues, there hasn't been a strike in football recently. And uh, most other, most, like rugby, I haven't seen a strike from players. Like most big sports, don't have this issue. And I'm, I'm like, obviously, I'm not trying to slate the American franchise system here, but I think that might have a big part to play in the fact that the teams are franchises given out by the league, so they're all going to stick together as one. As opposed to being separate entities. But do they have the same sort of money and salary issues in those sports as what they have in the NBA? Yeah, all the American sports have the same kind of salary issues. Similar. Love agreements for a couple of years, and then usually it's a lot of time. Yeah, it's, it's scrapped over a bit. What happens? Uh, it usually doesn't reach the point of lockout. Usually, it gets to it's settled before lockout. But. Um, I mean, I think the, I think the problem is if um, the Manchester United players have a problem with the wages, they clear it with Manchester United. If yeah. the players of the LA Lakers have a problem, they have to um, they don't only clear up with the LA Lakers. They play they have to clear up with the entire league, uh, the entire league, because the whole all the teams form together and become a yeah. cohort, so to speak, and all the players therefore have to come together as well and reach an agreement. So one player can't you can't have one team. Um, wanting higher wages, you need the whole league to demand higher wages, and you need the whole league, all the teams, to agree to that. I'm not even going to pretend to know absolutely anything about American sport. <laughs> now, but, now but, uh, basically, teams are given out by the league, so it's like it's like there's a Premiership going. Okay, we'll give a team to Portsmouth and we'll give a team to Manchester. Um, and if you want a new team, you have to go to the. Uh, if if your if your city wants a team, you go to the Premiership and go. Yes, can we have a franchise? As opposed to just have, being able to set up a team whenever you want, wherever you want, and being able to rise up divisions. Because you may, you may or may, you probably know that there is no relegation or promotion in these in any of these sports, simply because yeah. it's one it's one it's one basically it's it's one big federation that organises these the league. And therefore, you need to go to that federation to be included. So you can have smaller ice hockey clubs, but they aren't a branch of the NHL, and they will never be able to play in the NHL. Yeah. Yeah, because we've got the minor leagues as well, which is a Minor leagues is more of a baseball thing, though. It doesn't... There is one... It affects... Big in hockey as well. Yeah, there is one in the NBA. And I only know this because one of my main... He plays like basketball uh, uh, leads, and he plays for like the north of England. He's got uh, one of his people that he knows he's played with has got a college scholarship in America to play basketball, and that it's like one step away from the minors. It's pretty impressive. Oh yeah, it is. Get him on the um, podcast. Yeah, we need, we need some we need some celebrity appearances. Well, the person who can see how much you know about it. Come on, then. Talk about it. Basically, power snooker is... It's snooker, uh, but better. It's not. It's like 2020 snooker. Instead of the normal... Instead of the normal 15 reds, you have 9 reds, 
one of the reds is a red and white spotted wall, which is called the Power Ball. If you pop the Power Ball, you have two minutes where points, all points scored double. Um, and if you score a point from the uh, bulk area, it is also doubled. So if you score from the bulk area and it's, and it's on the Power Ball... It's quadrupled. Um, that is, no, it's, no, it's tripled. They do not quadruple it's quadrupled. Is it? Yes, because um, somebody had a foul and a miss from the bulk line in a power play and they got 16 points given away. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, so you don't want to do that. Um, frames don't matter. Um, total, yeah, just total, total points added up. Hour long. It's a 10 minute match. Yeah. Half, half, half an hour matches, 10 seconds a shot. Anyway, who, who actually won the pair of snooker in the end? I only saw the first round matches. Um, Simon Gould beat Ronnie O'Sullivan in the final. Do you see Ronnie O'Sullivan says he's underachieved? He believes in his career. Um, I think he has, actually. Despite having won uh, 22 ranking events and three world titles. He could, have, he, he could have easily won so many more, though, in that sort of phase of a couple of years where he was sort of... He wasn't all there mentally. I mean, four UK t- titles, four Masters and three Worlds. I mean, that, I don't know how you can go to win that and say you've underachieved. I think, I, think, I think it is simply because of the fact that he could have won more. It wasn't the fact that what he's done hasn't been good enough, but there was, you could, he could have done much better than what he did. And I wouldn't really agree. I think he's had longevity in sport, but I think he had a dip in form, and a dip in form is inevitable. I mean, Higgins has certainly had it as well, even if he's back up there right now. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see likes of Selby and all those, uh, the others at the top of the sport dropping off as well in in the future. Yeah, I think O'Sullivan was different though, is because the fact that the, the drop it affected him mentally. It sort of he sort of got stuck in a vicious circle about a um, a uh, obviously his form dropped. He got into a more Day, which made his form drop even more, you know, and it's just sort of went round and round and round, and he got into like a sort of almost like a pit of just like his own. His biggest enemy over his career has been himself. Agree. And if maybe if he'd have, I don't know, it's it's hard to say because obviously there's so much going on inside your head. Maybe if he'd have, maybe if, let's just say if he hadn't had those issues that he did, he would have scored a lot more rank. Suppose, which is which is probably why he's saying that he feels he is under underachieved. But yeah, the um, the power snooker final was good because based on Ronnie O'Sullivan. I mean, Ronnie O'Sullivan had in the semis he just absolutely destroyed Neil Roberts, like five five hundred points to like eighty or something something ridiculous like that, and then. He was beating Simon Gould, and Simon Gould got the table with about five minutes to go, and came back and beat him. So it was it was it was a pretty it was pretty good match. Yeah, uh, I mean, Persinger definitely would definitely benefit somebody like O'Sullivan, who spends no time deliberating over shots. Yeah, I mean, after we haven't quite got to the stage of like Alex Higgins, where Pete players are running around the table and playing shots. Fair enough. Which I think would be quite fun to see, but it's got that sort of, it's got that it has, it's got that razzmatazz and glamour attached that was when we originally found discovered 2020 cricket, 
Yeah. I mean, know how successful that was. And it, it, it's a similar enough lo- uh, lottery to it, though. Yes. As in, it's all about when you pot the power ball and if you miss the power ball or where the bo- balls are lying, if you have more in the ball area. Or... It's, I like it. I think it's, it's a quite a, um, a modern twist. I think it's, it's never going to replace. No, I, I think, but I think it's well done, the fact that there's going to be one tournament every yeah. year of power snooker. That's what, that's what T20 should be at the, yeah. at the elite level. Yes, it should. Yeah, I, think per- I agree with perfect, that. Perfect model for the sport that, that's steeped in... Uh, I'm going to say it's steeped in history, not agree, but it, it's a sport that's steeped in history and has a lot of tradition to it. Um, and they want to make it more exciting, but they're going to do it in the right way of keeping the tradition and in keeping the proper format of the game, just having this in as a bit of a fun, a bit of fun to attract newer audiences and hopefully attract them to the proper format format of the game. Yeah, um, that's what 2020 cricket should be, but unfortunately, the way the works and the popularity of it and how um, certain boards who shall not be named much money from their cricket as possible. I mean certain yeah. boards, the BCCI, I'll, I'll, I'll name and shame them, shame them all, the, all day uh, uh, long with. They have, they have, a, they have a nation of lawyers just waiting to sue anybody that badmouths them or Ravi Shastri. There's no, there's no doubt that they want, they want as much money as they can from T20, yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, you were talking about 2020 cricket. Just just basically saying about how they are done with power snooker and how they've gone about implementing it is what really cricket should have done with 2020 cricket. Um, with the power snooker, they haven't allowed it to be... It's not an equal with the physical game. Yeah, it's trying to it's trying to bring new audiences in that would not have watched it beforehand. And you know, try get them in, in the game. And if they're interested in that format, hopefully they'll take it into longer for in the you know original format that snooker is meant to be played in. Yeah. Okay. And that's what T20 should have done, and that's not what it's doing today. Yeah, it's kind of complete opposite. T20 is currently trying to replace. Yeah. And obviously, because of that, it's now we we have that whole massive section about how cricket is essentially dying. Um. Which sad state of, sad state of affairs. It is, I'm, I'm, I'm weeping. I shed a single tear. Thank Speaking you. of shedding a single tear, we um, we said we were going to talk about the community again this week, but... Yeah, I just wanted to make a, a, a quick thing about the community. Uh, just about like how the progress is going, I think obviously we've seen some people aren't ha- uh, unhappy with uh, what's going on. <coughs> Either. Um... Uh, just like because we generally aren't using one forum or another, um, but we, we've had riders definitely making progress. Uh, we we we've seen his initial screenshots and we've seen what he's doing. They, look, they do look very good. Yeah, he's it looks a lot like the original forum, which I it's exactly it's exactly the direction we have to be taking because we need to stay associated with the with six sports while not while creating our own unique kind of. Tangents. Yeah, well, creating our own unique thing, we need to make sure that we maintain the connection that brought us to this forum in the first place. I mean, yeah, some uh, people may disagree with that, but I think it's, as you said, I think it's it's the right step to take. I mean, I haven't actually listened to the podcast last week, as you know, I wasn't here, and I've been busy, and we've now been recording for three, the best part of three and a half hours, um, so I haven't actually had time to hear it yet, but I'm... I'm um, I, thought, um, I, can't, so I can't remember what actually went into that podcast. 
course, I am. I, I, I'm quite fond, uh, fond why Mute has not yet disclosed. Sorry, has yet not ruled out the option of there being a link on the main page. So mm-hmm. I'm very happy that there is a well, link, potential yeah, link to the Six Sports website. The link, that was basically not been The link's not been severed, but at the same time, we've had uh, from well, from our end anyway, on the, on the public end, we've heard the tune of not much. We, uh, I can't speak for Ryder may know. Ryder said he had a few helpful emails from Mute himself, but uh, personally, on a on the front, I don't think it's said anything. Oh no, yeah, F one's just popped up for a sec. Uh, so, yeah, Shawnee. Say again. Uh, we've heard nothing from you uh, up front. Because um, Ryder no, um, said he's spoken to. Ryder said they've spoken about it. He, well, he, he's had a few encouraging emails from you, but there's been nothing forthright from uh, either of them. Well, he's, he's had nothing confirmed. We've had. Right, Ryder said he's had a few helpful emails with Mute, but as for a forum front on its own, we've not heard much face to face. You know what I mean? Publicly, that's yeah. the one. Yeah, I, I understand what you mean. Um, we, as the, the mod board, hasn't heard anything either. Um, so it's literally only what, only what these um, emails that Ryder has that have been in touch. So only Ryder can. Where we stand up, really. Um, so, so if, you, if, um, if you're listening, Ryder, if you're out there, um, let us know what these emails had in them, and maybe we can paint a better picture of what actually is really going on. But I think it's all very promising. Um, Within a few weeks, I think we will have moved. We will have we will have a new home. Yes, there'll be a new home. Right. Um, should we move towards wrapping it up? Don't see why not. We're just going to wrap up quickly, though, with a F1 preview. No, 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 no we are not. I will hit you if we get it out. We're doing it. We're not doing it. We're not. F1 preview. Why not? F1 preview. Vettel will win, win. Hamilton won't. That's what we've got to do. We do. say... Who will win and who will lose? Why is it so difficult for all? Hamilton will lose because he will crash into Massa, and because it's in Brazil, he won't get out of Brazil. He'll get killed to death by Brazilian people. Right. Better than like being pole, probably win the race. Who cares? Well, yeah. Season yeah. over. Shut up. Right. Season so, is over. <laughs> so just before we finish up, we're just, just talking about games. Would you shut up? Just before no. we... You wanted to do the F1 preview, and now when I try and do it, Just before we finish, and I decide to cut out Shawnee from the podcast, it keeps going on and on and on, while I try to do intros and outros. Just before we finish, uh, do you want to take a quick preview of the uh, season-ending Grand Prix in Inter-Argos this weekend? And Nuke, who do you think's going to win? I think Hamilton... One name, please. Name, please. I'm going to have to rush you on this one. Come on. Hamilton. Hamilton will win. Vettel will get pole. Uh, Shawnee, who do you think will win? Who do you think... Shawnee? 
think Luke, we do not need your input here. Shawnee, go on. What? We do not need input here. Shawnee, you go on. I think that Vettel will win. Hamilton will crash into Massa, and we'll get. That, that's too much, Shawnee. We, we we're gonna have to rush this. We're we're, we're tight on time. Vettel will win. <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't seem to understand this. We're tight on time. We're not tight on time at all. Bet, said Vettel will win. It's grand. That's grand. That's all we need. Vettel will win. We'll get killed by massive Brazilians. That is irrelevant. We can talk about that next week when we do a season end After review. It happens, it will happen. And yes, I think Vettel will win because nobody can beat him when he doesn't puncture tyres and stuff. We'll do a full review of the season next week. That'll be like the main feature of our, uh, the podcast because unlike this week, it will actually give us a lot to talk about. This week, we can't just have to go on not much scandal. We don't have Sepp Blatter saying anything stupid, really, but Hopefully this time next week we can discuss Hamilton versus Massa round six or whatever it will be. Uh, so we all ready to finish this up? Yeah, we are indeed. Right. So this has been the Sticks Sports Podcast. Uh, I'd like to thank F1 for joining us. Thank you very much. And also like to thank Shawnee for joining us. Thank you. And of course, we have to thank the nu- nuke, unfortunately. This <laughs> yeah. with the power snooker and forcing us to do an F1 preview that we didn't want to do. <laughs> you and, and of course, we have to thank, thank you for listening. And uh, don't forget to like our Facebook page and spam on the link to as many people as you can because we really need listeners. So is it done yet? Is it done yet? <laughs>